0: I know the coronavirus lockdown was terrible, but one of the greatest blessings that actually came out of that coronavirus lockdown was the introduction to the world of my next guest. You all know him, Father James Altman. He hit the world stage with a few of his videos of his homilies that went viral during the lockdown, and he spoke the truth of Christ from his heart without fear, with the love of a shepherd for his flock. He wasn't afraid to call out unfaithful bishops and cardinals who were distorting the faith, even willing to preach on the errors of Pope Francis. But it seems to have been his most recent video, which went viral with nearly a million views. It was entitled, You Cannot Be Catholic and Be a Democrat, period. That's what seems to have finally got his bishop to cave in and silence him, forbidding him to post his homilies online, forbidding him from social media as well. But He's also been threatened now with canonical penalties. You're going to want to stay tuned with this interview with Father James Altman. Before we begin, let me just mention that LifeSite News has just launched our fall fundraiser and we really need you to reach deep to support this work that is trying to bring you the truth. We have over 45 um, workers for Life and Family, Faith and Culture at LifeSite who work every single day to bring you the news, to bring you the truth that sets you free to bring you the truth that leads you to christ and bring you the truth to suss out all of the nonsense we're hearing from the mainstream fake news so please help us continue this mission of LifeSight news and we need your support to do it you are in fact the driving force that keeps lifesight active may god bless you so let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross and perhaps if you'd like father give us the sign of the cross but also a short prayer if you wish all right.
1: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we ask you to send your Spirit down upon us. Inspire us in our words and our actions so that we can be the brightest light of Christ to the world, so much in need, amidst all the darkness. Let us be servants to you. We ask this grace in the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Father. There's almost no introduction needed to you at LifeSite News. So many of us know you and love you. And uh, as I said in the opening, right from uh, the lockdown, the greatest gift of the lockdown was uh, happening happening to find you uh, just because we're out there looking for something um, good to listen to for our masses and homilies. And uh, you're... You came up and were an awesome blessing to my family, and uh, so thank you for that on behalf of all of Lifesite and our many, many viewers and listeners. Um, Anyway, we
1: praise God for you. Thanks, thanks be to God. Uh, You know, to to share the holy sacrifice of the mass. What I mean, that's what we live for. Uh, I don't understand how. Well, I can tell you this: a lot of priests that I've talked to from around the country uh, were heartbroken when they couldn't share that mass with all their people, all their faithful. I mean, there are children. And uh, when, the, when the churches were closed against the people, which was an abomination, but it was also closed against the, the priests and the people, uh, it, I, I can't, I just, it, it wasn't, how about if I be polite? It wasn't well thought out. <laughs> I'll be polite. <laughs> I've been accused of being less than polite. Uh, but yeah. So, you know, thanks be to God. I mean, look at, we, we are now uh, friends. And what a blessing you've been to me. And you've been to so many Catholics for so long a voice of truth, and crying out in the wilderness, that's you. So thank you.
0: Praise God. Uh, Father, um, I think most of the people who would have seen you, all, apart from us stalwarts who would have seen you uh, during the lockdown, but most of the people would have come upon your video about uh, Democrats, uh, you can't vote Democrat and be Catholic, period. Um, it's, it's gone completely viral. You're, you're uh, perhaps even approaching or, or surpassed a million views. Just absolutely crazy. Um, tell us a little bit about that first and what inspired you to do that. Uh, and uh, we're going to get into the ramifications right after.
1: <laughs> yeah, those ramifications. Jill, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, if we if we don't have truth, we don't have leaders in the truth, that I'm as lost as anybody. I mean, what is the truth? I mean, that isn't that what we're all searching for. And, and ultimately, then, that means Jesus, doesn't it? Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so uh, I, I've been asked to uh, produce some, or, or not produce, but just give little talks, like, like mini homilies, really. Uh, and, and so we, we didn't do it in the Catholic Church because I thought, well, this is something separate and apart from the parish. This is, this is my own time. So I spent some time preparing something on my own time and then went to a separate place. Not It wasn't even a Catholic church uh, to film this. Uh, and, and so it was filmed and the original, this original talk was like about 14 minutes long, I think, 14, 14 and a half. But what I didn't know is that it can only be like as things as nine minutes and 58 seconds. You, you can only have it up under 10. So consequently, uh, as sometimes happens, the most vigorous portions are what you see, but what leads up to those vigorous portions are what you don't see because it had to be, tra- tra- the cutting room floor, is that the phrase? So uh, I remember the day, I think it was, uh, it was middle of August, right around the Feast of the Assumption, and uh, we, re- we did the recording in this building, and this was actually the third of three recordings I know that probably sends tremors amongst some people out there. Like, what else did he have to say? Uh, but it was a third one. And the first one was all about the PNC and how when, I, I set it up. So you, you work your way. If, if you could have watched all three, when I got to that point, nobody could argue uh, that what I said was true and, and unassailable. And so, so it just, you know, it, with COVID, with the election coming up, I mean, if we don't know the truth that guides our decisions now, then we're then, the, then we're sunk. So I think that really was what was behind it all. Is under the circumstance, the crazy, dangerous, truly dangerous uh, times that we're living in with all the. I mean, you've seen all the riots and what is it? What are we up to? One hundred and ten days in Portland or something like that. Maybe they finally quelled it. But, uh, where's the leadership in all this? Where is the truth in all this. Where's the leader speaking the truth in all this? Because there is evil. Obviously we're seeing it. And, and so I think that somehow just, uh, you know, it actually was prepared. I had no, uh, preliminary, uh, real intention to say anything that was said in that. I, I did the one, then I did the other. And then I started this third one and then it, it just flowed. And I'll tell you what, they can argue with it. They can complain all they want That's a Holy spirit talking, the truth. And, uh, and not because I've heard people say, well, you were just trying to be political. Listen, I didn't say vote for this person or vote for that person. All I said was you can't, be, you can't be Catholic, you can be a Democrat. But then again, they said not too many years ago, maybe two years ago, Podesta comes on, or no, it wasn't Podesta, it was Perez, I think is his name. The head of the, I know if you're familiar with American politics, but the head of their whole thing says, you can't be Democrat and be pro-life. So I'm thinking, did I just hear rightly? Did you just hand me on a silver platter? Yes, you did. And so I said, well, you can't be, you can't be pro-life. You can't be Democrat. You can't be Catholic and not be pro-life. It all just, you know, it all just flows. So, they don't, Well, the people that took offense are the ones that, uh, well, that, that think that it is okay to chop up 10,000 babies on a Saturday. You know, uh, yeah, so I, I think that's how it all began, and somehow it just, Float out and, and it was the third. You haven't heard the first two, and because well, you just haven't. So yeah. it's unfortunate because it would have made more sense this third one. Yeah,
0: right. Well, obviously, it spoke to people uh, when when you approach a million views and you've touched the lives of so many people. Um, it's an incredible thing. The the response to it, other than seeing it and in mass mass numbers, has uh, however also been uh, some hardship for you. Um, you've been uh, officially silenced by your bishop in terms of being able to post your homilies, in terms of, I think it's social media blocking as well, by your bishop, not so much by Twitter and Facebook so far.
1: Right, Um, But... Yeah, here they do that. I, yeah, they, they indeed I'm, do. I'm just not on it. I'm on YouTube and, and that's it. And that was only because we were live streaming. Why were we live streaming in the first place? Because they wouldn't let people into the church. Yeah. You know, I praise Bishop Callahan. I think it's 27 times because at least he, unlike most, at least let us allow some people into church. And so we were, we were, having, those commu- we were having the masses yeah. with only eight other people in it. And then, uh, and then people would be outside, even outside the church. Yeah. Uh, yeah. listening on, because they could get the Wi-Fi somehow. I don't know. I don't know how that works. And, uh, yeah. and then we'd let them come in like eight at a time, no more than eight at a time, so they could re- receive the Holy Eucharist, the source and summit of all grace. You know that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, how, how that was denied yeah. to anybody is beyond me. They did it in so many places. They did. Like, you know, and and we had it. I say something about it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. And, and we had it
0: here and being, we longed, we so longed to be there. Uh, but we were definitely there in spirit with you and uh, united ourselves yeah. with it. That was the hardest point uh, probably of my entire life. Uh, so, yeah, it was that was very, very difficult. But this has got for you uh, some censure now threatened with canonical penalties by, by the way, yeah. this good bishop who was one of the better bishops who allowed the Holy Sacrifice the Mass at least to continue in limited numbers, yes, uh, but nonetheless, unlike most, yeah. didn't completely shut it down. Right, right, And yet still, you're under this kind of censorship and, in in a way, persecution. But on the other end of that, you had an incredible show of support. We yep. have a petition running for you Amazing. at Site News. Yeah. With yes, you go. over 70,000 signatures yes. to this point. And well, here's, here's- uh, an incredible show outside uh, of your place there where people came together in the hundreds yes. uh, to support you. Right. Um, tell us a little bit about your reaction in, in terms of seeing that and what you think it means.
1: Sure. The, uh, so it comes out on Sunday, right? right. Sunday, yeah. August 30th? Yeah. And immediately, immediately, the enemy attacks. and were encouraged to attack and, and Father Martin tried to suggest, oh, he had nothing to do with the baloney. He said, contact the bishop. And then on his website, which he could have stopped, there was a woman that after every single person that commented, she put, she put the, like the doxing, right? And, and so uh, my, my diocese and my own office got the most vile, despicable phone calls, letters, I got some terrible... Uh, Always, you know, by the way, they're a bunch of chickens because they don't have the decency to put the return address on it, right? And I know when I'm, when I'm opening the envelope, I try to open them all. Uh, oh, this one's going to be a doozy because they don't have the guts to put a return address on, just nasty stuff on the inside. So that, but that's what happened down at the diocese. All of a sudden, there's this massive, like they got nothing better to do, uh, anti-message, really foul. I mean, so, Maria, you know her brother's a bishop. My, my, my assistant downstairs, uh-huh. and uh, holy, holy woman. Her, he's a bishop down in Chile, because uh, that's right. where she was originally born. And, uh, holy, holy man, a holy woman. And uh, she, so she, she, thanks be to God, because she's answering the phone, she's saying, I, I learned new words today. <laughs> and I used, oh, it was horrible. Uh, anyway, uh, so, so when this, so then, of course, the bishop has to act, because he, all he's getting is flooded with the venom Of the enemy, yeah, and and so uh, the support then comes. Then then as soon as then he sends out this letter, he he publishes a press release, which I did not know was coming that morning. uh, I got a very nice letter from the vicar for clergy, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: who who I talked to for an hour and a half on Friday the week before, and uh, thought everything was just okay, fine. I mean, I understand there's going to be negative, negative. You you can. Jesus said if they hated me, they're going to hate you too. So bring on the hate. I got a thick skin. I'm okay with that. I was a lawyer once, you know, so you're kind of used to it. Yeah. And uh, but but as soon as that happened, then all of a sudden comes this, this censure, as yeah. you say, and yeah. uh, all based on manner and tone, which really irritates me because nobody's. What about the manner and tone of the ten thousand babies that are chopped up last Saturday? Absolutely. Uh, I I I can't even get you, you. You. Nobody has seen me angry yet. Uh, but push another button and I know how to defend myself. Uh, and I know who will help me in that regard. Uh, don't mess with the babies. Do not mess with the babies. And so, uh, so then, then there came this groundswell as bad as a pendulum swung this way with evil came this groundswell of good. Thanks to people like you, uh, who realized truth is spoken. There is a problem. If, if I sounded angry, then what every bishop in this country and around the world should, should, should get a clue that that's the voice of the people, that I'm only a reflection of their voice, the most faithful Catholics of all. And let me tell you, they're unhappy. So somebody, can I, can I continue Yes, please. This? Go ahead. Uh, so somebody asked me two nights ago, what? Well, what do you think, Father, is the reason why anybody's listening to you? I don't listen to myself, so I don't know. But I had to think about it, and I came up with about five or six things at how I prepare a homily, how much time I spend in, in it, how much prayer, uh, how I try to make it the Gospels present, the, the, the all sacred Scripture present in our day. But I said, I think that's what every priest does. Hmm. But there must be something else. And I thought, well, maybe God has just, for whatever reason, had this – Providence just, this is all providential. Because I wasn't certainly seeking notoriety; I wouldn't even know how to start. Um, But then it dawned on me as I was going out to celebrate a home mass on Monday at a a faithful parishioner's uh, farm and and bless the farm. In 2016, the people had had it. And and they had it with the Democrats. They had it with the uh, establishment Republicans. And finally, the voice of the people said, there's somebody out there who's speaking to us. And they elected him president. Well, uh, and, and confounded everybody. Uh, every now and then, just for fun, I watch the election night returns because it's fun to see the, <laughs> the enemies go nuts. Uh, and I thought, maybe that's the answer. Maybe after 18 years of one scandal after another, after, tearing, you know, these people paid for those altars that they ripped apart. They paid for those statues of our Blessed Mother that they threw in the dumpster. They paid for that communion rail that they tore, tore, tore down. Uh, they paid for everything that they painted over. And now, and then they have 18 years of scandal. And now, and now the coup de grace, they lock them out of their churches and deny them the sacraments. These people yeah. are mad. And they have a reason to be mad. Not, I, they're not getting mad because I'm making them mad. They, listen, if they, they, who would listen to me for two seconds? They're mad because, not because of me. It's, it's like they're blaming me, the hierarchy, blaming me that the people are mad. Oh, no, 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 no. They're already mad. They just finally got someone to actually say it everybody's so chicken, they're afraid of the persecution. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too naive or dumb, but. Uh,
0: well, <laughs> no, that's I, I think that's part of the story here. You're neither naive nor dumb. In fact, a little bit about your background is, is an important thing here because you're a late vocation. You were over 40 years old when you joined the priesthood, when you entered the priesthood, and you were before that a lawyer already. And so you you've got your feet wet in terms of the world and in terms of knowing uh the ways of men. Uh there's no there's no only clerical studious academic bone in your body and you do speak to the people. That's one of the big things with your homilies. You you say what we wished we would hear from the pulpits and haven't literally almost for 50 years from anywhere. Yes, I'm glad but, you said yeah. it because that's exactly right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So um, you did, however, also receive some Episcopal support. And this was truly remarkable. Um, yeah. Bishop Strickland's words to you on Twitter, but nonetheless to you, not only endorsing your video, but then, and was probably most movies, one of the most moving things I have ever seen in a bishop ever. And he said, yeah. It's to my shame that I have not done this. And done this yeah. earlier. That's you incredible. tell me one
1: other bishop in this country or around the world who has said what he said. Yeah, that was profound. I, so you know, you sometimes okay. I'm a strong man. I you know I'm interiorly I'm secure, but then you get grief, and you know it's well did I say the wrong right thing or something like that. And then he said what he said, and I found out somebody texted it to me, and literally I was choked up. I could I could hardly speak. I was tears, uh, and I I don't. I don't choke up that easily. Uh, I was so moved by, um, part, also partly because we have a, sh- a shepherd who's, say, who's speaking the truth. Because listen, oh, listen, he heard about that, I'm sure, just as much as I did. He was getting hate mail too. But he spoke the truth and, he, and he, what a humble, to, to have a shepherd say that, that, that was uh, all the world to me. Uh, yeah. And I, I've let him know that, by the way.
0: That's awesome, that's awesome in and 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 I say this of you as well and and in him we see this combination of courage and humility and it's truly beautiful it, I think that's one of the things that really reaches out to people and speaks to people because we need to hear the truth, we need to hear it proclaimed with courage with the same courage that our lord himself proclaimed it with he he wasn't shy of using uh you brood of vipers you hypocrites is by no means a kind of a you know pussyfooting around a light way of saying things it's not it was very forthright it spoke to the people as do you and as does bishop strickland an interesting thing you just mentioned is the preparation for which you do you do your homilies They're not off the cuff. They're not rants off the cuff. You pray for long hours and meditate about what you're going to say. Just, if you wouldn't mind, explain that a little, only because I think it's so important in terms of letting people understand you don't come at these things lightly. They are prepared. They're thought about. They're prayed about. uh, And they're done with reflection on the scripture and tradition of the church.
1: Well, every homily starts with the the sacred scriptures. And... uh, and I could, you know, the funny thing, I could, uh, work hours and hours. And even after I've, I've given that same homily, although I usually revise them, people wonder why I'm late for mass. It's true. A couple minutes because I'm busy revising it in between. Cause I, oh, this didn't go, this didn't get the idea. This didn't seem very smooth. The transition wasn't good. And so by the time I've done it the fourth time, it's like, it's, <laughs> uh, firing on all cylinders. The, um, so, uh, so it starts with the sacred scriptures and, and, then, and then it just pours out. But even after I've done it, I'll be up at the pulpit proclaiming either the gospel or, or the epistles now because we don't have lectures uh, because of the virus. Uh, and, and some new thought will, will jump out at me, something I've never seen. That After even having just that day spent so much time working on it, uh, something will come out. So the, the inspiration is always from the scriptures. Well, But, and like, but I always say to the people, well, if I could just read you and talk about a story from 2,000 years ago or 2,500 years ago, the older people in Nineveh or something, and yeah, we need to repent. Well, how about if we make it present in our day? What do we need to repent of? Well, a block up the street is the abomination known as Planned Parenthood, the most racist organization in the, in the world, uh, founded to wipe out black babies and uh, racist. Uh, so that's bringing, we better repent because we've let it happen. Who among us has not either tacitly or, oh, yeah, I, I won't go there, but. It, that I make it present. So that it's meaningful. Um, otherwise, it's pointless. I, I can read a storybook, any story. I've got tons of books behind me, like I see you do too. Well, we can read storybooks or we can make it present. I mean, isn't it supposed to be alive and, and, and effective in our world today? So that's what I strive to do, is, is actually make it present with, you know, 50% of it's uh, Jesus' um, teaching was about grace and, and mercy and forgiveness, but 50% about of it was the other side, the, the justice part. Uh, Absolutely. And, and in our day and age, you know, even Bishop Barrett, he I have a, a video of him from EWTN where he even says that after Vatican II, they forgot they're all about mercy, nothing about justice. Without justice, then there must not be a sin. Without sin, we don't need a savior. I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. Um, but people are just so sensitive, hypersensitive in our, in our day and age. Unfortunately, here's something else that they don't get. is I've already been teaching my, my people here for three years. So I don't need to teach them the same thing I started with. I have built them up with, with Pablum to start with, let's say. And now they're getting the meat and potatoes. And so and they, can, they understand the meat and potatoes, right? But But the people that... <laughs> The people out there who uh, have been so poorly formed, they complain about oh, we're poorly catechized, poorly catechized. But then you try to keep a homily longer than five minutes, like that bishop down southwest here, going to take away the fact is if you preach for more than five minutes, like as if your eternal salvation can be had in five minutes or less. One all during the week, um, so my people have already had the they're ready for the meat potatoes, and I'm giving it to them. Well, then it goes out, of course, on the net to all these people who haven't had meat potatoes, and it's causing them a little indigestion. I guess would be a good analogy. Um, it would be. That's not it fair is. to criticize me that I'm giving my people meat potatoes. Uh, they're not the ones complaining to Bishop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was so beautiful to hear the, the lady from your parish on the uh, video that we had on LifeSite featuring uh, from that demonstration that was had in support of you. Um, it, her her comment, this startling, you know, saying how small the parish is, and yet uh, they're amazed by this, and hundreds of people are there, um, is a beautiful witness to uh, the truth of what you say. God will move and does move. Uh, he he says, you know, he'll he'll take away. Uh, the the wolves, and he'll become their shepherd. And in your case, it seems yeah. he's given you a huge flock because most of these shepherds aren't feeding uh, their flocks, and uh, we're able to get some food from you. Father, In uh, l- w- just to conclude, I wanted to, first of all, thank you again on behalf of LifeSite, upon of all of our readers and, and uh, all of our fans who are just uh, very much in love with you. With what you preach and what you teach i want to encourage our viewers to go online and look up uh father james altman's homilies which are still available hopefully not taken down if they will be taken down i'm sure somebody else is going to put them up somewhere and you'll still be able to reach them we're going to pray for you uh that uh the bishop uh stops this restriction on you so that you can give once again to the many souls that are longing for your teaching and uh Wanted to ask you in conclusion, what is your agenda here? What would you like to see? And uh, what do you feel is, is your call, your calling right now in this time?
1: Well, I've, already t- I've said this to the bishop before and uh, to anybody, really. Uh, there is a legitimate constituency of faithful Catholics that want the meat and potatoes, as I described earlier. And they have been denied that throughout the world. I've gotten, well, you, I mean, you're, I'm not accustomed to it. You are, but I mean, from all over the world. Uh, stories of, I was leaving the Catholic church. I had it with the Catholic church. And finally, somehow through this, uh, they, heard, they heard these homilies and restored their faith. I like to see a little bit, if I had an agenda and I didn't start with one, and I don't, I don't know that I have one, but it's that, that those people get fed. Not, it doesn't have to be by me. And if, if it encourages other priests to step up to the plate and, and feed the, the people the truth, give them the meat and potatoes of, of the faith that they, that they should have, that they're entitled to, nobody ever is concerned about them. We're always worried about offending somebody else on the left that doesn't know, know the faith to begin with. How about we, we suddenly realize that we have faithful Catholics that, that are entitled to the faith, deserve to hear the faith, and, and deserve to have shepherds who will teach them the faith. Uh, so, is that, did that sound right? Does that sound like if I had an agenda? I guess that would be it. I mean, to, to feed these people yeah. that I didn't know until really until this happened, I didn't know. I thought everybody talked like me because I don't go to other, I don't, <laughs> I'm too busy with my own parish. To, I don't get to hear other people preach. Yeah. So um, it was a shock to me that from all over the world, and I mean all over the world, every continent, countries in every continent, that they all said the exact same thing we are starving. Maybe that's where I got the analogy for the meat and in the first place. They're sick because that's the word they use. We are starving. That means they're not being fed. Bishops, yeah. pay attention to those people who are faithful that aren't being fed. So they're. And
0: it's father. not only us. Those who reach out to you represent families. And fathers and mothers are looking out for their own children who in their own parishes, most of the time, hear nothing or worse than nothing, hear heresy. And I don't use that word lightly, but they do. I didn't do. go there,
1: but you're right.
0: And so therefore, bringing them meat and potatoes, bringing them to the truth has been an awesome blessing. It's so sad that uh, for very, very many of us, we can't do that in our parishes. Some of us, God, thanks be to God, still can. Uh, we're, we're blessed where I am with a, with a faithful priest, but it is so rare that uh it's it's no wonder and i please god the bishops the courageous bishops out there the few who are really faithful can see the outpouring of support and in it see exactly as you said the starving faithful catholics who are literally begging not only for themselves but also for their own children the shepherds to release the treasure of the faith for the faithful we're starving and there's a treasure, and it's being held up in the hands of the hierarchy, and it's being as if it were guarded, um, and it's just terrible. We're starving, and we need the truth. Thank you, Father, for giving us the truth.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. And thank you for, yeah, thank you for being a, a bright beacon of that truth, too. I mean, you, it really is true. Amen. For
0: LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston. And as we close, Father, give us your blessing, please, if you would. The
1: Lord be with you
0: and with and your through
1: spirit. Of, through the intercession of St. Tarsissius, defender of the Holy Eucharist unto martyrdom, through the intercession of St. Joseph the workman, foster father of the Holy Eucharist, through the intercession of our blessed Mother, our Lady Queen of Heaven, Mother of the Eucharist, may Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much. Hello, this is John Henry Weston. I'd like to invite you to subscribe to the John Henry Weston Show YouTube channel if you haven't already done so. There you will find all the past episodes and much more. Thanks again for watching, and may God bless you.